Welcome to episode 17 of the Adelan Rising podcast. In today's episode, we talk about the Inhumans TV show, uh, some Inhumans comic news, Miss Marvel 18, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur 17, Secret Warriors number one, and Black Bolt number one. It's been a while, guys. It has, yeah. What, three weeks? Yeah, at least. Yeah. What's happened in three weeks? Entirely yeah. my fault. Well, it's know. uh it's um it's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number eighteen. I, I apologize, that's the most recent issue. Oh, is it? Okay, well then Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur eighteen it is. But yeah. uh this is what happens when Doc is away for three weeks and we can't record anything. But <laughs> a lot's happened in three weeks. I've got my tickets to uh New York Comic Con. Yay. Yay. Yay, I'm going, so I'll be able to bug a lot of people when I'm there. And Adam, uh, I got to join my little uh, Mixed Marvel Arts uh, Fantasy Comic League, and even though we're on different teams, I am winning against Adam. Uh, yeah, I, I, only got like, I think I only got like five points in the first the first uh, the first uh, week of it, so that was good. Yeah. So, uh, what what is this game? You you guys choose characters, and if those characters do well that week in their comic books, you get points. Yes, pretty based much. On, that. Yeah, is it basically. just just them showing up, or do they have to beat a bad guy or something? There's lots of things that can factor in. Basically, we pick a team that they're on, but whether it's like an Avengers or the street level, or you know, in cosmic. the case of like cosmic. Mm. You know, um, and then we pick, uh, they have a list of powers we can pick from, and we have to pick three of those powers. And um, then there are points, like, so they get points for using the, for using those powers in a a comic book they appear in. Um, They'll get points for, like, character development, things like that. (laughs) So you've taken everything wonderful about comic books and just (laughs) filled it out. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) Um, But, Um, uh, I, no, I, I I think it sounds like great fun. I, uh, it the, is. The folks I know who who play fantasy baseball or, or or football, they love it. I mean, I couldn't go near it, but it sounds almost addicting. And uh, I I hope you guys are having a great time. And Adam, pick up the pace, man. You can't let you can't let Sermon <laughs> do that badly. Well, to be fair, I picked uh, Black Bolt, and uh, he didn't use. Wait, well, I got five points from him. But then again, because he I, beat up Crusher Creel without his powers. Um, I think so. I think that was one of the reasons why. Um, but... I think he should get negative points because he like died three times. <laughs> he died once. <laughs> but um, um, wow, yeah. But uh, but oh, yeah. But he, although he he should get extra points for being presented as kind of like a Christly figure at certain points. So that's that's got to be worth like ten points on its own, right? It, it should be. I mean, he is basically like you know. Jesus, so <laughs> he, is, right. he is the best, so, best in human. Tell, tell our listeners where they, our listeners, listener, <laughs> listener um, singular, <laughs> just the one. Tell, tell, tell them where they can check out mixed Marvel martial arts. Well, you it would be mixed Marvel arts, and you would follow them on Twitter at mixed Marvel arts. That's where they're at, and there are three teams. Um, we kind of compete with each other within the teams, but you know sometimes it's fun to know that you're beating people on other teams too. All right. I'm, I am Team the, Wakanda. Don't they team have Wakanda. The, well, that is a good choice right there. It is. I, I'm on the, uh, Adam. What, what team are you on? I think I'm on the multiverse team. Um, you are. Yeah, that, that, I got that right. That's good. But don't they have yes. a podcast as well? They do have a podcast, and um, I can't remember if they. I think they might be mixedmarvelarts.com. I could be very wrong. 
Yeah, I'm um, still, I'm still waiting. And they'll my, go uh, and correct me in like ten seconds here, and Sean won't let me live it down. So. I'm, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for my invite to uh, to, to feature. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just hey, depressed. let's get into the news. Yes, news. news. We lots have of lots news. of news. Lots of bad news. Yeah, well, let's talk about the Inhumans TV show first and that infamous picture. Oh, that's that, not such that's, bad news. I don't think it is either, but Adam hates it. I I don't have a problem with it. I know people are mad about Medusa's hair and that her clothes seem too bright, but I think right, as queen... Let's go. Let's go. Count, pointer, count. Adam, why do you not like it? Because um, Medusa's, uh, Medusa uh, sticks out like a sore thumb. Sore and, thumb. As she um, should. She's a queen. Yeah, but but her hair looks awful, and it's just kind of like you know, you know when you want something to look really good, and sure. you spend all this time hyping it up in your mind and all that sort of stuff, and then you look at something and you think, "Huh." I I, I mean, I, I assume it's it's what people think of me when they first ever meet me, but you know, that's that's kind of the thing that happened when I saw that picture. I was kind of I was happy with everyone else. You know, Gorgon and Karnak were okay. Um, Crystal and Maximus were good, and Black Bolt was great. Um, it was just, it was just Medusa. She just, oh, I don't know, I don't know. It just see. Anyway, count on my point, guys. Did you? <laughs> All right, count no, on point. Um, did you see? Here's kind of how I, I look at it. I thought it was pretty great, and I see what you're saying about Medusa, but at the same time, she's probably going to be one of the hardest characters to get right at all. Yeah. Um, because apparently, like, if you read the article that that picture went with, um, Medusa's ha- Medusa's been tricky, they said. They're, they're having a lot of, um, it seems like they are um, really trying very hard to get her hair right, and it's proving to be quite the task. Um, so... I can see why they probably just left it like that for the photo. And in my opinion, I think as a queen and, and Medusa being Medusa, I think she should stand out. And I think she, as, as the voice of Black Bolt, I think she, she should be, she should stand out. And that's just kind of like, so I was okay with her, her color, the, the color of her outfit and everything like that. Um, and I'm, I'm still on the wait and see camp for her hair. So I, I'm not going to, I'm choosing not to be upset by it because I'm sure that when they finally release it in theaters and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I understand where you're coming from as well completely. I agree with you, but I just think that you could have gone out, they could have, Marvel and ABC could have gone out and employed a, you know, a teenager with Photoshop and uh, <laughs> they, could have, they could have made it better. <laughs> Well, someone actually did do that. Yeah. I, I, T.C. Clark is the uh, the uh, deviant art artist who who did a wonderful job of. Uh, we'll put it up on the site of. Uh, of uh, I think we've retweeted it a few times. Okay, good, good. Yeah. Um, never mind. I'm, you know, I'm in, I I hear both you guys, and I think that um, that clearly this is a placeholder uh, image for Medusa. And they're not going to use that store bought wig yeah, in I the TV so. show. <laughs> She's, uh, and any, I mean, the, this background is ridiculous. They went to a Sears Robot photo studio. <laughs> this weird blue background. Any picture, no matter how great your outfits, you're going to look like a bunch of cosplayers with that background. <laughs> um, mauve is a tough color in static images because it, no matter how you photograph it, it's going to look flat. Yeah. Now, when you're when you're moving, mauve as a color 
works a little bit better. She looks really, Sarinda Swan looks really uncomfortable in the bad wig and the stiff outfit, and that kind of shines through. But that's not what it's going to be like in the show. So I think that um, I'm a little bit with Sarin on this one, that that uh, it's it's not a great picture, but it doesn't fill me with dread. Um, I, I really like the way that Karnak and, and Crystal look. They, yes. Yeah. It's as if they've just, Take, they've just taken it right out of the the Jenkins Lee uh, Marvel Knights series and and created them in, in reality, um, and we have confirmation that 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 um, that uh, Black Bolt will be wearing more than one outfit. So um, this is this is his you know casual wear. We haven't seen him in his full Gene Simmons outfit yet, and <laughs> um, and let's face it, I mean. Anson Mount is a really handsome guy. You don't want his yes, face. We don't want his is. face covered in a mask throughout the series. Those eyes. Oh my god. He is <laughs> a handsome man. And speaking of Anson Mount, um he's been actually doing a lot of promo for Black Bolt if you followed his Twitter. He has, he yeah. has been tweeting the authors and the creator about the book pretty regularly. Uh, he's been posting pictures of it, and people are like, well, Marvel's probably putting him up to it. I don't think they are. I think he's genuinely excited. Um, and he has gone, if you look at his Twitter page, he's totally gone all in for this role. Mm. So I just think um, seeing that kind of interaction, because you don't really see the um, the actors really talk to the comic book creators too much. And he seems to kind of tweet uh, Mr. Ahmed and Mr. Ward pretty Pretty often. I think everybody's been tweeting uh, Ahmed and Ward <laughs> yeah. recently. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll go <laughs> into that fair. later. But, but yeah, yeah. No, that's that's really good to see, to be honest, because it's really nice to for, the, for them for them to get involved, really, because it's kind of they're you know what's what's the word? They're kind of like you know getting to know the universe and getting to know the people involved and that sort of stuff, and that's great. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah, it's 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 good. Um, and also good is that the uh, Hollywood writers' strike was avoided at the eleventh hour, and um, we will not see a delay in 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 the Inhumans this fall, which is which is great. And as I understand it, the writers got a good deal, which they deserve. So, boorah. It's all good. Yes. And yeah. speaking of this fall, um, another the other our other show with the Inhumans, Agents of Shield, got renewed for a fifth season. Yay! Yay! So we'll have that, but um, apparently it's not going to have the budget it did this year. Mm. So apparently mm. they're cutting the budget, which is a bummer. But that's okay. We have a fifth season, so excellent well, writing, in my opinion, can can offset a lower budget. It could, well, it, it's just every season has gotten progressively better. I can only imagine that that trend is going to continue. And you know, it has been a little less inhuman heavy, but that has not uh, detracted from the quality of the show. I'm still a couple episodes behind, but oh, from what nice. I'm reading, it is just up the ante. And uh, like I said, um, I'm, I'm still in the uh, life model decoy bit, so. Oh, it's <laughs> so oh, far just, just you wait, just you wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I've picked up all the blue. I've picked up all the Blu-rays for the previous seasons. I've been sort of trying to get through them, and then uh, yeah. I love that show. Yeah, I just, I just don't watch it's it often enough. Um, in 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 bad news department in the publishing front, um, our good fr- friend of the show, 
<laughs> Amy Reader will be leaving uh, Moon Girl and Devil I'm Dinosaur. I'm seriously bummed about that. With issue 19. The good news is that the rest of the creative team will be there. Brandon Moncler will take over full writing chores with Natasha Bustos and Tamra Bonvillain uh, staying on as 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 a penciler and colorist, respectively. And uh, Bustos is going to be doing colors. I don't expect to see... And the covers, the, you mean? The covers, right. Because, you know, um, Amy has... Uh, Ms. Reader has been doing the, uh, the covers right. for a while. And so now um, um, uh, Natasha Bustos will be doing the covers as well as the interiors. Um, I'm sure it's going to be great, but it's nonetheless a huge loss. And I think yeah, that especially the, since she was one of the creators of Moon Girl, with it, like yeah, yeah. her and Brandon collaborated, if I recall correctly, on the character. So um, we'll, we'll miss you, Amy, on the books, but uh, we wish you the best of luck in your uh, personal. Uh, Creator owned. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep my yeah. eyes open for that. Those, you know, I just said <clears throat> the book, and it's and I think the same is true a lot for 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 Miss Marvel is that the, the the creative team synergy has been such a crucial factor. What has made it such a great squad, and so that you know they're going to have to to rescramble to reattain that synergy. I think they can, um, but there's no way of candy coating it. It's a loss. It's a loss it to is, the yeah. human family. Yeah. Um, so I hope that whatever creative own creator own projects are great successes that she gets it out of her system and comes back to moon girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause the I mean, other, I mean, she, I mean, obviously being the, being one of the co-creators of moon girl, um, it's been wonderful to see the series get to as far as it has and carry on really. Yeah. That's, that's what amazes me is you've got all these characters that get eight issues and then nope. No more, but Moon Girl and you know, likes of Moon Girl, Devil Dinosaur, and Ms. Marvel, and they've all been really fantastic hits, and uh, you know, yes. she, she's a part of that. So, you know, yes, good luck. Good luck. The other, the other departure is that we we got news just last night uh, that um, artist John Boy Myers will be uh, leaving the Royals. He'll do. That's a bummer mm. because it's... that he that. That his style really fits that book, and I'm seriously bummed out by that. No, no reason has been given. Uh, it, it, I know. I mean, based on the interviews, it seemed like uh, he and Al Ewing were both super enthusiastic about this book. But uh, apparently, M- Mr. Myers has a, a long track record of walking off projects, having walked off Spawn for Image Comics and walked off Teen Titans for DC. Uh, it, it's it's a bummer, but um, I I don't know what to make of it. I hope they. I mean, I know that Tony Silas will be illustrating a few issues. I think he's great. Um, and I um I hope they find someone suitable to share the duties with him because uh, that would be good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the Inhumans have such a bad luck with flashy artists who start off series and then kind of bail out after two issues. We got Joe Madaria, we got uh, uh, Steve McNiven, you know, they're like, hey, we got this great team, and then the artist is like, I gotta do something else. I wish they would put a, I wish, (laughs) as much as I I love, I I love Stefano Caselli, Mm -hmm. and I think they just need to take him from Iron Man, but they won't, because Stefano Caselli 
They won't. Yeah, but he is a good eye. So. I wish they would put him on Royals because he would kill. Yeah. On that book, and I, I really, I, I really wish. Um, or maybe they could get Bacalo on Royals. He would because he just cannot talk strange. They could get, gotta, they could get, um, get Christian Ward on it. No, he needs to be on <laughs> They get it on both, on both. <coughs> I wouldn't he do both. I wouldn't do that do to him. He, he's perfect on Black Bolt. Let's leave him on Black Bolt. Black <laughs> put, Bolt, Black Bolt. Put him in a basement I got a, and make I, him I got an, an ask on my Tumblr recommending uh, Pepe Larez, who uh, he did a couple issues of Inhuman. He maybe is best known for, he did a, a series at Marvel called uh, Star Wars Kanan, The Last Padawan, um, which was spectacularly illustrated and he did a really great job of sort of, uh, yeah he, uh, anyway. showing that sci-fi star wars universe which i think would fit quite well with where the royals is going uh, i would love to see him come on board and let's not throw tony salas cialis salas under, under the, the bus. bus no because Good. the preview for number three looks fun yeah um you know i just feel that Royals, it needs um, a, a, a big, a, a sort of a, an artist that draws readers because that brings in readers because, um, you know, this is not the Avengers, this is not the X Men, this is a, a a more of a, a French title and it's, um, it's a cosmic book and it's a yeah you know it's a book yeah. where you need that sort of um, flamboyance about it yeah uh, and, well said you know and, and it's you know, John, John Boy Myers did do pretty well for the first two issues, I must say. So, well, yeah. first issue now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, and, uh... <laughs> well, maybe it's only a temporary thing, and maybe he's only gone for a couple issues, and then he'll be back. Well, I think the, the uh, news said that he's just dropped off the project completely, oh. isn't it? So, which oh. sucks, but... That does stink. Well, we will enjoy Silas's art. Silas, right? I'm so bad Yeah, Tony Silas, yeah. Yeah, so we will enjoy his art while he is on the book. Yes. And, and the issue that's coming out this week, the one that will that will be on the stands by the time this recording goes live, um, the, it, there's two artists. There's one who's going, um, I believe his name is Simpson. He'll be doing the back, uh, the, 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 flashbacks, the, the right? flashback story. <laughs> that and, uh, really good, though. He's got an interesting, uh, what I, I mean, what I like about him is that he uh, has uh, completely recreated um uh, the old costumes that uh, Egon and Rinda and Maximus wore in, in, in back in the day during Jack Kirby's run, and, and um, that I appreciate. Anyone who gives reverence to the king, Jack Kirby, has A-OK in my book. You're right. Yeah. That preview was fantastic. I can't wait to see the whole issue. <laughs> it's, yeah. Whose kids should we experiment <laughs> <Yeah>. on? <laughs> right? Can't do a twirl. Oh, <laughs> <no, you're laughs> have we have we got any more news or is that it? <laughs> well, it? It's not really news so much as it is an observation. You know, ever since uh, uh, IVX ended and resurrection titles have begun, it seems that uh, Marvel has let go of its intention to candy coat the the Inhumans and make them yeah. seem a little more. Uh, uh, relatable and humanistic They've and not so weird. weird. Yeah. So kind the of freak kind of, flag is flying. I was gonna say it's kind of Could, like going back to DNA and War of Kings, Realm of Kings, all the yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. You know? And I mean, with the the uh, Christopher Priest Phil Noto series, well, I can't wait for that. They're yeah. definitely going to be readdressing the um, Alpha oh. Primitives, which is a super dark and sordid part of Adelan's history that that is you know sad and scary and deplorable. But for, you know, sweeping it under the carpet is an absolute crime. You can't do that. And I'm glad. In my view, the humans are cool and interesting because of how problematic and flawed they are, not despite them. And I think that it's good that they are getting back to basics and being like, these guys are weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you know your comment on the Alpha Primitives being, um, uh, you know, a part of their history and that sort of stuff. It kind of reminds me of something that's happened uh, around where I live. It's, it's a bit of a segue. But... Um, there was a, this doesn't involve IKEA, does it? It, it doesn't, but it's in the same city. Um, oh, good. <laughs> so, so there's a place in Bristol called the Colston Hall, um, and it's where they do music gigs and stuff. And Colston was a slave trader, and the place was named after him. And um, oh boy, yeah. And they've decided to change the name in twenty uh, by 2019, I think. Oh, good and on them. I mean, well, good on them, but it's like I I kind of agree more with what you were saying earlier. You kind of you can't ignore your history. But, right. You know, well, you can you can't ignore your history, but that's part of it in some respects. I mean, the yeah. fact that it's like you know hanging Confederate flags in southern cities. It's like, yeah, you, the history is there, but like maybe the you should take that shit down. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. I mean, not that we want to talk. I I mean, I live in a city here in Chicago where our our hockey team and. Adam Hockey is an American game that's played on ice. Okay, I've, I've, um, I've played it, but we play it on grass yeah. in this country. Yeah, the, it's named after the the the, the Black Hawk tribe of Indians, who actually were of Native Americans who um, weren't really in Illinois, and they have this ridiculous uh, outfit with this kind of cartoony picture of a of a Native American guy on their yeah. sweater. I've and it's like, oh, man, come on. It's not as bad as the Cleveland Indians, but it's still yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. You know, and they're my team. I'll root for them when they're doing well. Not this year. But, um, Is hockey an American game? I thought it came from Canada. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nor, you know, I'm talking well, about the continent of America. Mm, there you <laughs> go. That works. Uh, um, and, um, sure, it's not uh, a rehash of golf. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's golf without Ambien. <laughs> Far more exciting than golf is. Let's be real. Ah, but, hey, uh, should we talk about books? <laughs> but yeah, that was that was the news. <laughs> okay, so we got a lot of great issues. I yes. think let's save the 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 cream of the crop for the oh, end. Oh um, man, the, they're all good though. Yeah. Um, we this last uh, week we had a very fun, albeit not you know super essential reading issue of of um of miss marvel it was a, a standalone issue that that focused to, focused exclusively on on kamala's old friend bruno who has relocated to wakanda um after his fallout with her following um civil war ii and it, it, you know it's a it's a very well told story. It's it's got some uh, some, some neat art by the name a fill in artist uh, Francesco Gaston, <clears throat> and um, does a great job. Uh, it, it's it's a neat story. You know Bruno he he uh, 
he, he was severely injured. He, he's basically the right side of his body is paralyzed as a result of having this explosion go off so close to him. And, um, you know, those kinds of, uh, of injuries, they get worse. They don't get better, sadly. And he's dealing with all that, feeling sorry for himself. And he has this adventure with his Wakanada roommate named Wakandian. Sure. <laughs> um, named Queasy, who is a great character and a, and a welcome addition to the extended cast of Miss Marvel. Um, you know, it, it doesn't involve Kamala, which is definitely going to, you know, <laughs> stink. But um, it's a fun book. I recommend it. Um, it's a, a really kind of a touching read about persevering through hardship. Um, the Black Panther makes an appearance, so that's good. Um, but if your comic book buying budget is tight, this is one you can skip, although I still really enjoyed it. Good to know. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm afraid um, it's one I, one I skipped, to be fair. Um, yeah, I have it. I just haven't gotten around to reading it yet. Well, sadly, it came out the same day, I believe, that Secret Empire 1 came out, and that cost, what, $35 for the first issue? <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was yeah, that, yeah. That's a monster issue though. Yeah, it was huge. No, it came out just this week. Moon Girl did, or not Moon Girl. Um, Miss Marvel. It Ms. came Mar- out with Secret Warriors. Miss Marvel came out with Secret Warriors this week. Ah, uh, okay. I would. I see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Talking to Secret okay. Warriors. <laughs> well, no, no. Let's what, what, let's 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 real quickly uh, talk about the 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 um the, inclusion the, of the Moon Girl arc. Yeah. Oh. Okay. World's smartest. It yeah. came to its. It's crashing end. It was a fun and a fun satisfying uh, conclusion. Um, I mean, the the what the the thing that 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 Lunella needed to do to finally persevere over the Doombots was sort of telegraphed for a while now, but um, she came through, and it was a uh, a wonderful um, sort of reunion of all of the uh, of the all the allies she's made throughout the story arc um, and the army of of chattering doombots didn't didn't stand a chance against the combined forces of, of devil dinosaur kid Cree the awesome Hulk X-men thing miss Marvel Ironheart even the Yancey Street gang got involved <laughs> yeah who's actually <laughs> go, go ahead. ahead no 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 go ahead keep going I, I mean I, I just the the Yancey Street Gang, which are formerly the killer folk, these sort of <laughs> place cavemen, or I don't know what they are, Oscarbuckus. Oh, they have the best fashion sense in comic books. Yeah, they do. You know, I mean, I'm no Lord Blackwell, but I know great fashion when I see it. <laughs> are you? Are you sure? Are you sure? They're great. I love them. Actually, anyone? Yeah, anyone who can wear a handbag like a hat like that deserves, you know. <laughs> Two thumbs up. Can um, we oh dear. Um, oh, yeah. But basically, the, the the thematic is the tale is that you know um, when you're super smart, you, you know, as Lunella is, you can you can get the sense that you need to do everything on your own, that you have to be autonomous and self reliant, and that's just not a good idea. There are some challenges, some tasks that you need to call on your friends. You need to let go of autonomy and embrace mutuality. And she learns that lesson 
and she calls out to all of her buddies to come and help. And this is, you know, the old Doctor Doom, the Doctor Doom for which these Doombots uh, model themselves after. He always lost because he only depended on himself. His his egoism wouldn't allow him to use colleagues. And that's why he always lost against the Fantastic Four, because the Fantastic Four were a family. It wasn't just Reed Richards. It was his wife, his brother-in-law, his best friend. And that team, you know, they could rely on each other, always won. And Lunella learns that lesson. She learns that lesson at nine years old, which is great. So not in, in... Along with being intelligent, she accrues wisdom, and um, it's uh, it's an important lesson I think that a lot of uh, precocious youngsters and smart older people uh, could definitely you know gain from uh, things. Things are easier when you depend on your pals. Yeah, it's a it's a good life lesson to learn and learn early. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you can't you can't do it all alone. Yeah. And the the art is spectacular. There's a wonderful splash page that Natasha Bustos and Tamra Bonvillain do that just has all of her her buddies just, you know, going to town on Doombots and uh it would make for a wonderful poster. Yeah. Yeah, it would. Sadly for me, uh Kid Cree only got a few lines and he got <laughs> totally iced out when he was like Lunella was hanging That's what I wanted to bring out. Bring okay, you said, have at it. Because I, I just saw that scene, and he's like, he's like, oh, Lunella, you know, he like wanted to hang out with her, and she like totally blew him off. And the last time we see him, he's, he's like kind of kicking a stone, like all shucks, you know. And I felt really bad for the kid. Yes, yeah, so, so much for working together, guys. Come on. Right. Well, hey, you know, you gotta. He he made his intentions known. She said. She's not into that, and uh, you know, part of being a good friend is not, not, <laughs> not being. Oh, I've been friend zoned, or anything. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. it was it was tough. I felt for the guy, but yeah. uh, he'll be back. Because whoa, shoot, which one of the two expressed such great fondness for for Kid Cree? Was it was it um, Amy or Brendan? I can't remember. Oh, blimey. That's going back somewhere, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll tell you what, guys. You listeners, you go back and listen to our uh, our interview and that sort of stuff. Back <laughs> which in is, December. Which is like it? episode eight yeah. or something. Yeah. Okay. Um, one of the two really loved him. I hope that, that it, it's a mutual thing because I want more Kid Cree. I mean, he's just so much fun. And as much as, of I course, I love... I he's a great foil for Lunella myself. Yeah. Yeah. And he's much more in tune with the uh, the pre-adolescent than I was, as opposed to Lunella, who I, right. I can't quite relate to as well. So I was right. not a particularly smart middle school kid. Right. <laughs> or two. Um. Uh, but a good issue. Highly recommended. I think I gave it four out of five Lockjaws. Four out um, of Yeah, good, not good, bad. Good, yeah, good. <laughs> um, great art, great art as always. And next issue, we'll see um, Moon, uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur going to outer space. Thankfully, <laughs> there will not be a Secret Empire tie-in for Moon Girl. Well, no, because oh, we've got Secret well, Warriors for that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we do. But but can I just say, Devil Dinosaur in a spacesuit—that's all you need to know for the next arc. 
because it is phenomenal. Yep. That sounds amazing. <laughs> that sounds actually amazing. It is amazing. Just just wait because I've seen some of the teaser art going up here and there. Oh my god, is it great? Double dinosaur yeah. in a spacesuit. That's all you need to know for the next issue. So yeah. they, they need they need to get uh, um, Doctor Strange to shrink him down as well, and then put him in a spacesuit. Because well, that'd, be, that'd be both both adorable and hilarious. <laughs> well, he, they're, they're going to be on a on on. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna go visit Girl Moon, which is like uh, <laughs> Ego, the living planet, but moon size. So. I'm sure there'll be lots of like large Vista pictures in which in which Devil Dinosaur seems small, so it'll be kind of like he's. I mean, I'm hey, pick I'm that a, issue up. definitely picking that issue up. Yeah. yeah, I'm a sucker for for animals dressed in clothes. I mean, I would never do that to my cats, but I want to. He says he, he says hi did all the pictures. Co- <laughs> right, and he he does cat cosplay too, doesn't he? Okay. Oh, hey, you know that image, you know the Image Comics cat cosplay covers. Yeah, they, I were, they, were them on all doc, they were all dogs, cats. <laughs> it, it, I, it, oh, no, it was Valiant Comics. Oh, um, Valiant. Yes. Was it. Yeah, sorry. And yeah. they were terrific. And it was all the same two cats. So oh, some, yes. Uh, they were at a con oh, recently, and people were coming up petting them. Someone's going to get scratched. No, uh, she bribed some with food, I asked. <laughs> oh, yeah. She bribed some with food. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> We also just this last week saw the, the, the premiere issue of Secret Warriors. It was fun, guys. That was, was a fun. That was considering how heavy Secret Empire has been. Oh yeah. And even this 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 issue had its moments, but having Miss Marvel and Moon Girl really, I think, lightened things up a bit. Yeah, definitely. And and it was just kind of like you know you you read it and you think, okay, you've got two, you got you know whatever, however old Lunetta is. And then, nine. I, and then nine. Okay, I thought she was eight for some reason, but okay. Um, Maybe I'm wrong. No, I think I mean, you're, you're probably she's right. nine. You're right. right. Yeah. Comic characters never age. And Miss Ms. Marvel, who's what? Uh, was she high school? 16? Yeah, high schooler. Um, yeah, it was, it was brilliant when you just saw the sort of snap scenes, you know, between the um, the present day in that book. That was really good. Yeah. <laughs> Want to give us the rundown, Doc? Yeah, you could do that. Oh boy, it's a. Uh, um, Right, so was a big issue. Secret Empire has happened. The uh, some sentient version of the Cosmic Cube has altered the fabric of reality, changing history so that uh, Captain America is actually a secret Hydra agent. Ah, oh! um, and um, he's uh, been slowly meticulating this plot that take over the world, <laughs> Hydra, or take over America. Um, and I guess he won the electoral college vote, and now <laughs> Hydra Did runs he get America. <laughs> I don't know, uh, but but it's terrible. Um, most of the most HailHydra.com. Yeah, mo- <laughs> most of uh, the the Marvel Universe heroes are either trapped outside of uh, the atmosphere because of Alpha Flight's world shield, yeah. or they're stuck inside Manhattan under a dome of uh, dark force energy, whatever that is. Um, and so it's bad news. It's as bad as it gets. Um, Captain America gone bad. Yeah. Um, so, 
the the narrative switches back and forth between uh, the pa- the recent past and the present, which is like before the takeover and then after the takeover, and it focuses mostly on Daisy Johnson Quake, who um, had been a a, a high level agent um, um, at Shield. She was running the Moth Squadron, which is an outgrowth of uh, Project Caterpillar. Get it? Caterpillar. Hey. I guess I didn't want to call it Butterfly Squadron, but um, uh, which in, involves a couple of her old allies on the first iteration of Secret Warriors. Um, Cap, Bad Cap, seems to see that that she's suspicious because she's a suspicious type, having been essentially raised by Nick Fury, um, and he sets her up into uh, an ambush where the villainous wrecking crew just weighs laced waste to her team and it seems and i hope this isn't the case that that um ellis love and and uh, yo-yo rodriguez perish in in, in the ensuing ambush I, I i hope not too because killing yo-yo rodriguez would be um just a waste and um it would make me mad <laughs> anyway so uh um uh, Daisy arranges a secret rendezvous with Phil Coulson at some coffee shop in the Bronx. He doesn't show instead these evil hide, uh, shield agents who have been brainwashed or have converted on their own uh, try to take her in. She kicks their butts and then um, comes up with a plan. She knows how she wants to go about trying to uh, uh, take down Hydra and that entails uh uh, locating and obtaining a, a, a specific person. Uh, she recruits Miss Marvel and Lunella and Devil Dinosaur to help her. I don't know how Lunella got out of Manhattan that has the dome over it, but that's a story. Maybe she was day. on a class trip in yeah, New Jersey. Sure. Well, or maybe it's <clears> just <throat> the fact that she's got a really big dinosaur. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> maybe the dome just skipped the lower west part of Greenwich. I don't know. Um, <laughs> in any case, they take out this hy- Hydra convoy, and um, both uh, both Miss um, Marvel and and uh, uh, Devil Dinosaur fight in a level with a level of savagery that I'm not used to. It was it was a little kind of charm. Well, Devil uh, Dinosaur, I'm not. I, I was fine. Miss Marvel, I was surprised by, but not a dinosaur. Oh yeah, okay. I think it shows the scope uh, of the situation, though. Really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it turns out that they defeat the forces, but and it's really funny. They got this. Uh, the for for a brief moment, the narrative kind of centers on this one new young uh, Hydra recruit who uh, f- uh, aesthetically is quite obviously a a, a riff on this um, this. This asshole in the real world named Richard Spencer. Um, he's got the same haircut and the same facial features. He's the one who's everyone's always punching, you know, rightly so. Yeah. Um, and he he gets punched. Um, anyways, so <laughs> but but uh, the uh, the the person in in the in the convoy is not who Daisy is searching for. It's actually uh, uh, Inferno. Uh, Dante from from uh, the first run of Inhuman, a character I really like, and I'm glad that he's going to be part of this team, yeah. along with a pair of um, unnamed Inhuman uh, youth. Um, at this point, Daisy's 
kind of discouraged and she wants to go on things alone. And you kind of get the sense that like she's not ready to lead a team of of uh, of young heroes having so recently how, how old is dante lost. supposed to be i was under the impression dante was in his late 20s late 20s no no, no i say... swear he was i thought that's what soul said okay well let's check that he acts young um and um early 20s then. i don't know i know a lot of late 20 guys who act like they're 16 so he could be anything um <laughs> all right anyways uh the uh, they're like no we're going with you and it turns out that what where where they're going is this awful internment camp for inhumans um and under hydra's new world order uh inhumans are deemed impure um and should be rounded uh, up the biggest threat to cat well, it's not. I mean, it's the biggest threat to Cap in some regards, but it's also. I mean, Marvel's been trying to put distance between Hydra and Nazism, which is a not necessary and b not going to work. I, I, um, yeah, I was going to say that this, this kind of seems to be stepping in the opposite direction. Yeah, this is very, very <laughs> evocative of Poland in 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 the in the thirties and forties. This is a. This is a concentration camp. Yeah. yeah. And and um, uh, Daisy just wants to sneak in and get who she wants. And Miss Marvel's like, no, that's not what heroes do. We're going to free all these guys. And you get a you get a nice preview of what the major uh, sort of headbutting issue is going to be in this team moving forward. Uh, Miss Marvel's idealism versus um, Daisy's cold re- realism or pragmatism. Um, you know, this is war, and you don't yeah. do war without getting your hands dirty, and that's going to be a hard, hard lesson for Kamala to come to terms with. Mm-hmm. Um, and before they can come up with an agreement about how they're going to approach this, uh, <laughs> Lunella pulls a Leroy Jenkins. A Leroy, Leroy Jenkins. She, Jenkins. She just goes up to the guard tower and is like, "Hi, I've lost my dog. Could you help me?" And, and they're all like, "What are you doing here?" And her dog is actually Clifford, the big red dog. He's a dinosaur. He comes crashing through. Complete mayhem ensues. Um, uh, I didn't know a dinosaur could be so stealthy, but that's awesome. <laughs> Right. Didn't you see Jurassic Park 1 through 100? They can sneak up on you. I mean, great. usually not when they're bright red, but... Um, it's, it's just it when, when the music starts. That's when you know there's a dinosaur. <laughs> right. Right? I didn't hear the music. Um, uh, so, oh, you know, um, the art is by uh, Javier Garen, and he really excels at kinetic, energetic yeah. fight scenes, and there's this battle that ensues um and it's it's quite something to see the the things that that freaked me out a bit was that like inferno just straight up incinerates a couple guys i'm like whoa they're not gonna be okay and then miss marvel picks up some dude and throws him like 30 stories in the air it's not like he's going to land on a on a a trampoline or something he's dead the best thing about yeah. that issue was was the fact that um, Moon go, uh, Miss Marvel goes, "Oh, I can trust a shield agent as far as I can throw uh, throw them," and Moon Girl's <laughs> like, "Yeah, and that's pretty far, actually." <laughs> like, so uh, you know the 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 Miss Marvel fan base 
which is significant and vocal, have been uh, giving me, uh, sending me lots of angry uh, comments on, on my Tumblr, like, Miss Marvel doesn't kill. And, you know, although we don't see her actually killing anyone, I can't imagine that dude that she tosses is going to be okay. Um, so, I don't know if that was specifically in um, Rosenberg's script or if 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 Garan just kind of embellished things, but we'll we'll see what happens. Um, we will see what happens. Yeah, I, I think I think. Although I like that scene where she came when he when she had he had her come in and she's all big and giant and all you see is her lightning bolt. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Very yeah. good illustration. Um, it turns out that who Daisy is searching for is none other than Karnak. She knows that Karnak, is, with his ability to see the flaw in all things, is the ideal strategist to come up with a plan to take down Hydra. Um, unfortunately, he's like, eh, I don't want to help out. He's he's really... Uh, he's the he best. Be, That's what he is. <laughs> he is. He's such a dick. He is, he's, a, he's a dick. He's like, look, my people are doomed. The Inhumans are uh, ostensibly uh, extinct. Uh, why should I care that the human world is tearing itself apart? I don't care about humans, you know. He's like, I'm, I'm, I've got food here and shelter. It's like, why, why would I want to leave? <laughs> and um, you know, Daisy's like, uh, what? You know. Um, then suddenly, Karnak sees that uh, that Moon Girl has um, uh, been a part of this rescue mission, and his attitude shifts on a dime. Uh, there's this, <laughs> my favorite panel. He bends down. And he's like, Lunella, I'm so happy to see you. And she says, you're creative. <laughs> and he goes, which, yes, I am. To which she replies, yes, I, yes, I am. <laughs> you noticed that. <laughs> oh, you really such, are the smartest so, of the smart. Um, he's such a weirdo. <laughs> but for some reason, her, her involvement completely changes his mind. He's like, yeah, I'll help you guys. Which, which is um, really creepy. Yeah. Well, it's not so much creepy. I think it. I think. I mean, we'll find out what it is about her that 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 allows him to choose to change. That you know, and makes him change his mind. It, it's not creepiness so much as as like you know, he for all of his uh, nihilism and and grossness and whatever. He's he's been a he's he seems to have a soft spot for 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 kids. Yeah, not, it's like, not like seen... Michael Jackson, more like. Wow! Wow! He he seems to be like I. God, that's fucked up. <laughs> sorry, uh, broke Adam. I'm sorry. It, it's more like um, the one you know the uh, young people give him the one thing he cannot find, which is hope. Yeah, and um, yeah, and I I cannot wait to see more of of the of the uh, relationship between him and and Lunella and even Kamala moving forward. Now he says the Inhuman you really need is not here. He's been taken by the X Men, and that's where the uh, issue ends on that cliffhanger. I have no. I mean, we can speculate, but I have no idea which Inhuman he's referring to, and I actually don't have any idea what's going on with the X-Men. Let's speculate, um, then. <laughs> let, us, let us speculate. I mean, I, because it, it, I'm pretty sure the X-Men are back at Genosha. Gen is it Genosha? Genosha? 
I've always said Genosha. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they're back there because they basically got given the state. So, well, Genosha is what off the coast of Africa? I think so. Yeah. Or well, no, it, are they in the what on the on the west coast, like in California or something? No, that, no, that was, was Utopia. That was, that was Alcatraz. Oh, oh okay. they have they have a uh, they have a, a country or something called Tien. That's uh, where they're at. And I've never heard of it before, and I and I think yeah. it's referenced in Secret Empire One, but we don't really know what it is. Yeah, I'm um, reading that now. Sorry, yeah. Uh, and the 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 characters I saw that kind of comprise the ruling body of Tien is Emma Frost, Sebastian Jeez, Shaw, and the Beast. Um, odd, odd makeup, but <clears throat> it makes me think that the the whatever the Cosmic Cube has done has it has changed more than just uh, Steve Rogers. It seems to have recreated history in some regards. Because, uh, well, basically I'm... what the cube did was, I guess, how it how it really goes, and it was, ex- I forget what issue it was explained in, but basically, a- according to the, one of the recent issues, I think, of Cap or Secret Empire Zero, is basically that the... The Nazis were winning the war. The Allies used the cube to make it so that they would win. And in the process, Steve Rogers got brainwashed because he was always an agent of Hydra. Well, and now the new cosmic cube is, Kobik has made it so that it's back to what it originally see, was. See, the thing is, is that um, also in Secret Empire, either issue zero or one, it was kind of subtly put across that actually everybody remembered the previous, you know, status quo, the previous kind of okay, this is actually, you know, this is reality. You know, they've adopted this new reality. They haven't been, um, you know, it hasn't actually changed around, them, which is, I think is something to do with the uh, uh, Alpha Flight's world shield. Um, because it seems odd that the people on the Alpha, uh, on Alpha Flight can remember the past, but the people on Earth can't. But it was also mentioned in Secret Empire that they're putting, like, drugs in the water to make sure that they... Right, are people a bit are more, compliant. Yeah, a bit more compliant. So I, I think there is an awful lot more going on than literally just the the past being changed. Yeah, I think it's well, we're it's, finding that out yeah. in Ultimates as well. There's a whole spiel going on in Ultimates, which is pretty insane as well. So anyway, yeah. I mean, the long story short is that the 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 event is feeling a little more like uh, House of M. You know, it's kind of like a lot of things are different. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And I'm kind of hoping that when it all is said and done and everything goes back to normal and that some of this shit didn't happen because uh, I don't like I, it. I, I, I was about to <laughs> no. say, I think, it's, I think it's setting up quite a big reboot. Well, not not a reboot as in, you know, DC's New 52. I just mean as in a new soft reboot like all new Marvel now was back in 2012 when I started getting comics. Yeah. I, I, and I, I just think that it's going to be a massive just refresh on the brands and stuff. Yeah, and because uh, well, you know, going on to something slightly different again, um, generations is coming, and uh, they're going to start renumbering books, as in the classic renumbering. Mm-hmm. So you know, you might get a book that goes back to being issue six hundred and well, no, Amazing Spider-Man. Let's say it goes back to like seven hundred and forty or whatever it'd be at now. Well, the important thing is that for this is. Although I have not read Secret Empire number one, I was still able to follow the narrative mm. of uh, of Secret Warriors number yeah. one, and I think that other readers probably can do that. It's, it's you know that 
it takes a little bit of sort of brain squinting, but um, uh, yeah. So who do you think this Inhuman is? I mean, my, I got a couple of guesses, but I want to hear yours. The one that the X Men have have taken, the one that Karnak feels they really need. Um, well, I, I, would, I, I wonder say, if it's Grid. Well, Grid. I was going to say Reader because Reader's the only one that can kind of oh. manipulate. I almost, forgot about her. You know, <laughs> Can yeah. you know manipulate sort of uh, almost manipulate reality realistically? Because I mean, you can travel through, can you travel through time? You can reverse time or uh, slow it down. Can't oh, you? yeah, reader. Like, like speed it up. Reader was know. my was my first guess as well. I completely forgot about reader. Honestly, thank you. That's right. Yeah. My other guess was uh, Lockjaw, because <laughs> yeah. Well, because I mean, he ostensibly he could teleport through that dark forest dome he could teleport through the uh teleport the anywhere. shield and alpha fright the the world shield that's keeping all you know thor and vision but outside what if what if lockjaw because i want to know what's going on well luna with luna because you see in royals that he's like well you got to go protect luna see that's the thing is is if if there's something big going on on earth why are royals not going back to to Earth, they don't. don't they know. don't know. Yeah. Well, but, they uh, saw the Chikari thing go. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, what's why is because Al Ewing doesn't want to write a tie-in story to Secret Empire. True. <laughs> I don't blame him. I, I think I think that entire shield that <coughs> Alpha Flight have got around the planet has got something to do with, you know, ev- everything basically. Right. You know, speculation aside, I, I just think that it's it's been pointed out too much. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, we will find out in, yes. I guess, the 24th of this month when yeah. Secret Warriors number two is scheduled to hit the stands. Yeah, Secret Warriors um, Secret Empire. It was very all... good, though. Highly recommend it. Yeah. Yep, yep. Great art by Garan and colorist Israel Silva. My, my one gripe, and everyone else is having this gripe, is... What's going on with Daisy and Kamala's hair? They've, like, switched wigs or something. Yeah, it's yeah. really... Just I... kicks me out of it. I'm like, come on. I mean, it's not like I'm that all about someone's hair or something like that, but that's what? Why? <laughs> I guess I am upset about it. I it's guess a, you are. Yeah, it's a minor nitpick, but something that uh, that bugged me. Um, hmm. you know, well, I, I that's really this, the colorist, though. I think, isn't it more yeah, than the I artist? Think, yeah, it's colorist. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna throw. So, well, so that's under the bus on this one. No, sorry, <laughs> but uh, but I, I I will say that I kind of understand kind of how people are feeling about that because that's how I'm feeling about Jessica Jones looking more like Jessica Drew in the new Defenders comic because that's pissing me off. I know they're trying to make Jessica Jones look like Kristen Ritter, but then you put her and Jessica Drew together, and the only way you can tell them apart is the elf. That's really that, that, that is true, actually. Yeah, now now you say that, <laughs> that's all I can it, think of now. <laughs> We know back in the day when you you kids won't remember this, but back in the day, uh, uh, the comics, uh, and this is more prominent at DC than it was at Marvel. They had official sort of marquees of like, this is what a character is to look like. And if you, you are not allowed to deviate from that. Um, And it got so bad that they even redrew aspects of Jack Kirby's run on Superman's best pal, Jimmy Olsen, because they didn't like the way he drew Superman, <clears throat> which is a crime. Yeah, um, right. 
And then they finally said, you know what? This is stymieing our artists. Let's give them more freedom. And ever since then, characters haven't haven't adhered to a standard model as much. And although there are some negative aspects to it, I I think giving artists the freedom to, to do their thing is probably more important. Well, I think they're drawing, because in Jessica Jones' own comic, she's still, you know, Gatos is still drawing her like he always drew her. But in The Defenders, she looks more like Kristen Ritter, which annoys me because if you see them, Jess and Jessica's together now, you can't tell them apart. And it annoys me because you I, I can go woman. on about this and this is an inhuman podcast, so I'm not going to derail us anymore. But I, I'll go on about it <laughs> afterwards because I have words about it. Yeah, go go to uh, go to Saren's personal Twitter for that one. <laughs> you <laughs> yes, will not be... You'll not be uh, disappointed. Disappointed, yeah. So, you know, although I quite enjoyed Secret Warriors 1, um, I felt it was a bit uh, handicapped by being so closely tethered to the Secret Empire uh, story arc. I really feel like issue 3 or 4, once Secret Empire is over, will be the true debut of of Secret Warriors. Because... Going the Spider Woman thing because that's what happened with Spider Woman when she t- she launched during Spider Verse and brings Spider Woman up one more time. I, I am going <laughs> to. It doesn't work well because it hurt Spider Woman in the long run because when issue five came out for Spider Woman and she got her complete reboot going on with her new outfit and everything, it just it's going to be great for the book, but no one's going to read it because it launched during a tie-in. Yeah, no, I, we'll see. I, I, it's I, getting I, some pretty good reviews, and I think people really dig Rosenberg. The guy is uh, he he runs a masterclass on writing dialogue, and um, I think that when he is given a free leash, like, hey, tell the story you want to tell. Don't you don't have to connect it to Secret Empire. That we're gonna see uh, some really awesome things in Secret Warriors because uh, yeah. He clearly really likes this cast. He's he's good at giving each character an individual voice, and I'm I'm excited to see where he goes with it. And and uh, he's been also enthusiastic about it on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. It's about an, creators who it's an auspicious start. I I, I mean I, I mean I, I agree that you know launching it during a tie as a tie-in is a bit of a dangerous game because I'm pretty, I can't remember what book it was, but I remember a book. Last year, year before, for whichever event it was, launched straight into a um, a tie-in. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't perform too well, which you know always sucks. But I guess Marvel know what they're doing, and the fact that it's a separate book, you know, to Secret Empire is good again. Right. Yeah. Well, so the problem, my problem with Secret Empire is that it's too close to reality you know? <laughs> yeah the thing yeah. is it's not like they predicted reality would be the way it is right now when they started talking about it two years ago no of course not but uh it's circumstances just as steve allen once said that comedy is tragedy plus time yeah and i you know that's good for comedy it could work also for comic books we just don't have time we only have tragedy <laughs> <laughs> right. and i'm like oh you know, I'm not ready to digest this on a comic book level. I'm still trying to digest it in reality. And, uh, right. You'd start reading comic books and just a soul, yeah. a single tear just drops down your cheek. Right? <laughs> right? It's, it's like I'm watching MSNBC in comic book form. Oh, God. Uh, so true. Oh, dear. Oh, Lord, help us. Okay. Now so, to the grand course. Oh, Secret dear. Warriors, yes. you should read it. Yes. That's all I'm yeah. going to say. Yeah. Great book. Uh, 
good book, good book, good book. I mean, obviously, if you listen to this podcast, you're obviously a fan of Inhumans, because um, it's not just my dulcet tones, um, or our dulcet <laughs> tones, not just me, you know. Um, <laughs> Your so, tones yeah. are more dulcet than mine. Oh, that's that's good. Thank you. Sure. I'll take that as a compliment. Okay. <clears throat> um, yeah, to the main event. Main event, Black Bolt. Oh! Good. Oh, so good, you guys. Oh my god, oh. what a beautiful book. Everything about it is like perfect. Yeah. It just it's oh. it blew me away. Yeah. Like, like the, the, you know what we said earlier about um 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 what's his name? Mr. Mount. Um yes. about him, the fact that he picked it up and he started getting into it and all that kind of stuff just just shows sort of the level of which we're getting now. Um yeah. Right. You know, and it's so good to like, see. I mean, I'd, I'd like, I really like to see the numbers on it. To be quite honest with you, because you know, I'm yeah. a bit of a bit of a numbers freak. But and it's been getting uh, reports of being sold out a lot. Now, my comic store ordered a crap ton of Black Bolt number one, and I think they still have issues, but they've sold quite a few. I think they sold half of the whole ton of covers that they ordered. But uh, that's good. That's really good. If you're having trouble finding it, contact me, and I'll get you in contact with my comic shop. <laughs> Apparently, it's selling out everywhere else. See, see, the weird, weird thing is, is that um, it's just so. It, it, it was a bit like uh, Black Panther. Uh, Black Panther last year, when that came out, it was such a popular book, and it was just so such an odd thing because you wouldn't have expected it to be that popular. It just blew up. It was great, especially from especially from a, a writer that hasn't written comic books before. Yeah, but Mister Ahmed has completely like taken the comics like a fish to water yeah and um he's got he's got a because christian ward drew odyssey and so he's got an experienced comic comic book artist with work to work with who also does phenomenal i mean they couldn't have gotten a better artist for this book let's uh, let's take a time out of adam black panther one was written by Coates. this is this is a a big time writer. I mean, not yeah. just fiction, but of, of uh, critical essays and books. And I, I believe, I believe he's like won the Booker Prizes. You know, I, you I imagine like, so. But it, it was, it was the, the Black Panther. I don't think was expected to be that much of it. I remember it selling out because I couldn't get, um, I couldn't get an additional copy because mine got wet. So um, I had to buy a new one, and I couldn't find it anywhere for love nor money. Because um, you loved it so much that you cried while reading it. And just, yeah. you know, no, my my uh, my letterbox leaked. Ah, letterboxes. The, the great British weather affected my comic book reading. But yeah, no, I mean, yes, Coates was a big big time writer and that sort of stuff. But it was still a bit of a sleeper hit. Uh, okay. Yeah. You know. I can. Well, it, it, I don't know how the book is, has sold. I'm, I I imagine first issues do well. This it's I mean it was so visually. Um, amazing. I have to imagine anyone who like flipped through was like, "Oh, I'm buying this." Yeah. Um, uh, Mr. Ahmed has has a a pretty big um following based on uh his hit novel, The Throne of the Crescent Moon, and um, man, the uh, Ward and Ahmed work together like peanut, peanut butter, butter and, and jelly. jelly. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> They, they, their visual, their his, the, the the writing and visual storytelling yes. is amazing. Yes. Yeah, well 
synced up. It was an odd one because because um, I don't know. You might have already read it, but I did the review on the on the Atlanta Rising website. A good review. I appreciate someone else doing the review, and I really yeah, enjoyed I, reading yours. Yeah, I, I, I think I mentioned the, the fact that Christian Ward's art just leads you through the comic book, and it leads you to everything that I think Ahmed wanted you to see, but you know, maybe couldn't yeah. get it in dialogue. Um, I would, I would love to see how the script arrived. What was requested in the writing, and where, where Ward went on his own um because yeah the 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 narrative is you know it's so hand in hand words Mm -hmm. and pictures this is comics done right yeah absolutely Um, you know i i i I will keep going on about it day in day out Um, (laughs) odyssey odyssey's art was amazing and that's the the sole reason i was so pumped up about this book oh yeah yeah just just so good at the same hand, it's you know the the we style. We haven't talked about the plot yet. Because... <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. Yeah. The start. The 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 way the illustration is a, a bit of a far cry from the house style of Marvel. You know. Yeah. It is. Um, and some people might be like, I don't want to do that. You know. I mean, I I've encountered people saying, Yeah, I don't like the way that looks. To which my response is, I'm muted. Oh, fuck yourself. But um, <laughs> uh, but uh, I I think you know I'm all about innovation, and this is an innovative book. Yeah. This is Absolutely. this is where comics need to go. And um, all right, so the plot um, <laughs> it takes place very shortly after the events of Human in Human Prime. Uh, Maximus had been charged with multiple crimes and found guilty. He was sentenced to go to some mysterious cosmic penitentiary off in outer space. Where people but, go to be forgotten. Right. And Maximus, being Maximus, had a trick up his sleeve. Somehow he managed to switch places with his brother, user, utilizing a uh, an image inducer and, and other kinds of trickery. So Black Bolt got sent to prison instead. Um, not that Black Bolt's hugely innocent, but he went to jail too. Um, instead, and so the story begins with Black Bolt chained and shackled and muzzled in this dingy cell. He doesn't know where he is, and it's creepy. It's just creepy. It Oof, is, yeah. boy, it's creepy. With this disembodied voice with crackly letters demanding that he name your crime, repent your crime, and it's just like, good God, what's happening? Um. And then a wave of energy just electrocutes him and either knocks him or unconscious or maybe even kills him. I don't know, but uh, he wakes up later on more of the same. Um, but every time he's shocked and, and revived, he seems to get a bit stronger. He's, his memory comes back. He realizes who he is, where he is, and he breaks free from his shackles, but he cannot remove his gag, his muzzle. Um, he he gets out of his cell and he wanders through this this prison, which is this amazing thing. I don't know what to call it. It's like it's, M- it's, it's, yeah, it's beautiful. It's uh, M. C. Escher, Windsor McKay, love child. That's all. Uh, that's the greatest thing. It's sort of a, a wash in these pale, dingy blues, uh, a blue color, um, and it's amazing. And the 
it's not quite clear. I mean, there's a lot of frescoes on the wall that have that have pictures of Medusa and 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 Maximus, and and it's not sure if these are actual paintings or it's just um, Black Bolt recalling what has happened to him. Um, and uh, but whatever this this prison is, the the confines of it seems to defy space and time and reality because he walks for what seems like days or weeks. Um, he goes through rooms that are impossibly hot, rooms that are impossibly cold. It just goes on and on and on and on uh, until finally he hears these this terrible call. Someone is being uh, hurt. And he runs and he finds this little alien girl who's being tortured to death. And he tries his best to free her, but he's he's too late. Um, and the child is, is left dead as a sort of smoldering corpse. And he's just like, oh, man. And right then, he's uh, uh, approached. All of a sudden, you know, the, the, the prison had seemed completely vacant a moment ago. And now it's filled with all manner of alien prisoners and and uh, a rogues gallery of, of scary looking dudes. The first that we see is none other than Crusher Creel, the uh, absorbing the, man, the uh, super villain from Thor, known as Absorbing Man, um, who uh, is not who you want to run into in the prison. No. Um, so both Creel and Black Bolt's powers have been nullified. So instead, they just have to fight in traditional fisticuffs. Um, and while they're fighting, there's a sort of mysterious pair of uh, fellow inmates who are watching. One seems to be a rather large uh, scroll woman. The other is a mysterious alien who seems older. And um, they seem to be like, uh, hey, this guy Black Bolt, he might be good for our schemes. Um, maybe we can recruit him into whatever plot we've got going on. And it's like, yeah, if he survives uh, being, you know, his encounter with the jailer. jailer. Yeah. The oh. jailer. So finally, uh, Creel lands a good right hook on, on uh, Black Bolt's uh, uh, chin, which cracks the muzzle that's kept him, uh, his mouth shut. And he's like, oh, all right, that's okay. I see what you're doing. So then he's like, all right, enough of this. So he karate chop, beats up Creel and very quickly, and then walks to an adjacent uh, amphitheater of some sort to, to, um, to finally meet the jailer, who is this monstrous being. He's super tall and scary. He's got a red shroud over his face, and he's got chains around his neck and his... Fingers seem to be hypodermic needles. He's really scary looking. He is. Yeah. He's like uh, a Dementor on crack or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The who? The who? Oh, the Mentor. Harry Potter to, reference. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's cracked out. That's for sure. Um, um, and you know he's he's bellowing forth his kind of uh, Old Testament, you know, penance and death for your crimes and violations. Repent, repent. Um, Black Bolt takes off his. Um, his uh, his his muzzle. He's freed, and he's like, "All right, I'm about to uh, talk you to death." And um, he says, "Stop!" But instead of it being this giant wave of sonic energy, that nothing happens. And the look on his face, like this is where Ward like really like nailed it. The look of like 
just like Impetus. desolation of yeah. on Black Bolt's face when he realized yeah. he didn't have his powers. That yeah. that was like fantastic. It, it was so it was heartbreaking. I mean, it was it was also a little funny. It was kind of like the beginning of a ad for some sort of uh, <laughs> <laughs> penile dysfunction medicine. <laughs> like you know, what the heck can no. happen to you two? Um, <laughs> And he's just like, what the hell? And then, um, you know, they think I'm done. He gets zapped. He gets turned into Black Bolt. Gets gets emoliated into a corpse, into a skull. He's dead. Um, and then a scene later, he's revived. He's in some sort of. Uh, uh, he's again in shackles. He's 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 alive. And so is the little alien girl who Blinky. Who he had failed to say before. Her name is. She has some name that can't be pronounced in English or or basic or whatever they're talking, but everyone calls her Blinky. She's super cute, and she says, "Oh, I'm so glad you made it back. Not everyone does," which I think is pertinent. Yeah. Um, I, and she, yes. What, what, she asks who, who he is. He says his name is Blackbone. What did she? What did he do to get imprisoned? And he says, um, "I put myself here." And with that, we see uh, the exterior of the prison, which is this weird spaceship combined with an asteroid floating in some strange cosmic void. And uh, it's there that we uh, we get an end. end with the promise of continuation, which can't come soon enough as far as I'm concerned. Awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome. Five out of five lock jaws. Yes, I, I gave it. it I gave it. I gave it four out of five because I didn't want to give my first review of five out of five. Amazing, so good. But it was amazing and so good. So. It was. It was definitely a must read, in my opinion. If you if you want, I mean, because it embraces all the weirdness that is in humans. Anything. Yes. Yeah. And and just the way um, Mr. Ahmed writes is just a little bit different, or actually quite a bit different than what you're getting in most comic books now. So definitely read it because it's awesome. So what this do you guys really... think the prison is? Just to come off the back of that. Well, well I, I, I mean, gosh, it's a tough one. I think it's a real prison, but it fucks with your mind. Okay, Doc. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's... Um, it, I mean, I think it's a prison in which there are some sort of uh, devices in place that, there you go. that yeah. nullifies... I mean, because, you know, Crusher Creel, the, the Absorbing Man, his powers come from Loki. This is a powerful guy. Um, and uh, so to be able to nullify his powers is pretty impressive. And to be able to nullify Black Bolt's powers is also impressive. Mm. Um, and on top of that, there's technology that can kill and resurrect inmates. I mean, yeah. whatever is going on there, the, the jailer, the warden, whoever this guy is, he I think put he's himself... a psychological jailer. I think it's a physical jail, but it's psychologically... Yeah, I don't know, it's hard for me to, to, to describe it. It's, it I, in my opinion, it's kind of a bit matrixy. Um, oh, at least my opinion. I, I, because the way I see it is it was a prison that was designed for Maximus and not Black Bolt. So well, seems to be a prison designed for lots of folks. Yeah, but I mean, it just seems to be that, you know, what what could you do to someone that's already pretty mentally unstable, mm. and you could put him for a load of crap like that, <laughs> and make yeah. him, you know, literally make him repent and make him, you know, repent his crimes, that sort of stuff. 
I That's just, very I, interesting. I, I, I think it that it, if it goes down that route and it ends up being that, you know, Black Bolt was on Earth the whole time, I don't know, it would be pretty funny. But I, well, I don't, I don't, there's too many aliens involved because we got a yeah. scroll, we got whatever blank he is. I think they're definitely in outer space. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I noticed, uh, I mean, the, the architecture of the, of the prison that, that, that Ward illustrates, everything is symmetrical with the mm. exception of this, uh, of these periodic red pupil eyeballs that are kind of peppered throughout um uh the the prison um and they really stand out i'm thinking what is this all about i mean the the jailer has his face covered in a shroud you know he's kind of like a play on lady justice like you know justice is blind justice impartial whatever at the same time he's watching everything he's got mm-hmm. this artificial sense of omniscience um it's it's very kind of um uh in tune with um the uh the the notion of the uh what's it called um my brain stopped the, working i don't know <laughs> the 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 panopticon uh which is a a model of prison where everyone feels watched at all times um i i uh, foucault talks a lot about it in his his book punishment the birth of the prison um the idea that if a person always feels watched they will internalize a sense of discipline um, it's very, uh, it's very kind of, um, it's creepy. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like the jailer is has has used his position to instill. He he's kind of got a god complex. Oh, kinda. He's yeah. got a huge god complex. Yeah. Um, and has and is doing all these things, you know, from from asking people to repent to to issuing this sort of false sense of, of uh, karmic death and 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 resurrection as a means of saying I am God here and you will bow to me. That um, could be. Yeah, and, good... uh, it's it's super interesting. I mean, uh, not to <clears throat> not to get too uh, too pedantic on the whole thing, but the. The, the initial scene of a king waking in filth in that prison, it's very evocative of uh, this uh, kind of famous poem from, from, uh, from Dostoevsky's The Brothers Karamazov called The Grand Oh my gosh, Wizard. I haven't read that in so long. <laughs> I yeah. No, I did. I had to read it for philosophy back in college, and yeah, I have to go read that now. It's an intent. It's a. You can actually just read the poem. It's a lot of. Uh, the poem is, is uh, two of the characters. You know, one character tells the other character the story. It's kind of a magical story yeah. about what if Jesus Christ came back during the Spanish Inquisition, and of course he's immediately arrested. And the Inquisitor's like, "Yo, if you're here, you're gonna. You're 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 not you're not gonna help. You're getting in the way." You can't give people freedom. It, it, it creates disorder. Um, and it, it, the reason I kind of bring it up is because th- that's sort of, I mean, again, Black Bolt makes for a bizarre and probably inappropriate Christly image. Uh, but he his releasing the Terrigen Bomb, causing all Inhumans, latent Inhumans, to go through Terrigenesis, against their will 
has kind of a, a, a religious undertone to it, kind of like, you know, you're given power, but you're also given responsibility. You know, it's um, it's uh, it's interesting. And um, yes. you know, uh, when I when I read, I I actually only read Throne of the Crescent Moon after I found out that Ahmed would be writing this book. So you know, as you'll I have was, to read uh, it. It's it's really it's fast and and well and a lot of fun. Um, we should put up a uh, a link so people can go right to Amazon and um, buy it like myself it. because yeah. I'm gonna buy it later. Um, um, and what really separates it from from you know really distinguishes it as a uh, um, a piece of fantasy fiction is that um, you know inst- instead of uh, you know he he's not the author Mr. Ahmed is not um, shy about throwing in issues of culture and city and politics and religion and um, you can kind of see that he's that he's taking that same yeah uh, fearless approach with Black Bolt um, and I guess we'll find out more because oh don't 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 uh, don't jinx it <laughs> I'm not gonna jinx it we got we're hopeful that our neck that our 18th installment will be a very special installment of yes. the Adelant yes. Rising podcast. Fingers crossed. Fingers, Fingers crossed. crossed. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. But yeah, the Black Bolt is amazing. It's just. Yeah. It's a must read. Another must read. You yeah. have to like. You just need to yeah. read it, guys. It, like, even if it's you, you just need to read it. I, I, yeah, it, that's it. I mean, there's no, there's no real words I can use to describe the book because it's, it's probably the best comic book I've read. Period. I would maybe go to. Um, I'm sure you don't want to you know, change your review, give it an extra lockjaw I, I, because I, I think I should. I, I think I should. <laughs> yeah, I, I was give it an extra lockjaw. Well, the thing was, the thing was, I was, I was thinking of giving it like a four point five out of five, but yeah. I think or, yeah, it's or you could do what I did with the uh with the um the the entirety of all new inhumans where I gave it an impossible six out of five lock jaws. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, give it, I, I'll give it a zero out of zero and break the internet. There you go. Um yeah. it's uh I you know, I I I gave it a I looked at comic book roundup and it was also um Given. It's been very well received, except by I, IGN because that particular reviewer. I, I pitched about that earlier this week. <laughs> I, I honestly, I think you know, it's IG, IGN is a that's a video game website. Yeah, I was gonna say IGN gave um, gave a remake of Pokemon seven out seven point eight out of ten because it said it had too much water. <laughs> it's like right, right. okay That's a, right. okay yeah all right but like if you I, look at if you do look there though it's got quite a few tens and eights and it, it very rarely goes below an eight it's just been very widely well received book so yeah read it guys yes you will not be disappointed you will not be disappointed it's everything you could want in a comic book yeah especially yeah. one about inhumans no, we're not we're not biased at all no not, not at, at all, all. <laughs> i'm Okay, so changing tracks a little bit. Um, I received an interesting question, and I know we've been going on for a while, but um, 
I th- received an interesting question, and I wanted to bring it up with you guys to talk about because um, I hardly ever one receive questions on Tumblr about anything, so I was excited to have one. And two, um, it isn't humans related. Um, I'm just going to read this question to you, and um, I would just kind of like to see what you think. So, um, one of the biggest things that haunts people's perception of Crystal is the fact that she jumps from relationship to relationship, and she seems to fall in love with the drop of a hat. However, now that we have Panacea as a showcase of how teragenesis can affect not only your physical mental, uh, f- physical abilities, appearance, and mental acuity, but in fact your emotions as well, what if Chris simply, uh, what if Chris is simply that way as an aspect of her exposure to the mists? Uh, it's an explanation that doesn't really change anything in the past, but could explain it better than a hand wavy. She's fickle. Uh, mm-hmm. Would you think this would be a reasonable thing in your eyes, and would it serve to legitimize some of the more I can never say this word egregious uses of her by past writers? Um, thank you. Sure. I, I, I mispronounce right. enough words I can jump in. <laughs> That's okay. No, you're right. So, um, my opinion is I don't I wouldn't put that as part of her teragenesis. I mean, I know it could be a hand wavy explanation for, well, it could be, it could be used as an explanation, but I, I don't think it would be a good explanation. I just honestly think, in my, my opinion, that Crystal's been used that way because writers don't know what else to do with her. She's been, I think, a hard character for some writers to understand. Um, well, but, she, she was introduced in the 60s, and that was a time in which female characters true. existed almost exclusively as love interests or damsels in distress. Um, I, I think if you look at it in terms of the character on their own, I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with you know having as many or as little relationships as you want. True. Um, but from a writer's point of view... I don't know, I, I think I think mainly because I've only really read her in War of Kings and then the most recent like All Known Humans and that sort of stuff I kind of haven't seen that jump from pillar to post mm. so maybe I'm well, not the best person to ask I mean, <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, let's do a little quick rundown I mean she started off, she fell in love with Johnny Storm at the drop of a hat yeah. as did he with her Right. They were an item for a long time until they broke up, and she almost immediately took up with Quicksilver. Um, and they had a kid. And they that... had a kid. Then she cheated on him with the Black Knight. Yeah. Um, and then, a, I think, a real estate agent. It was weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, or, like, I, I truly think... I don't know. <laughs> And then after that, uh, she had a she had a nice time of not dating anyone. Uh, then she got married off to Ronan, and she uh, the, the accuser. And at first, she wasn't into it at all. But the two actually ended up falling pretty seriously for because one another. Probably Crystal's best relationship when you look at them all. <laughs> right when your when your best relationship is with a alien warlord. For personal gain, right? But then that that relationship got annulled as part of a treaty to, you know, keep peace with the Cree, and she's been kind of hitting it single since then. Um, I, honestly, like I just, I don't know. I think that I just, I truly think that 
people writing Crystal from going from guy to guy to guy, I truly think it's because they didn't know what else to do with her. Well, is, is yeah. it from guy to guy to guy, though? Because that's... Okay, so in in the 50... 50 Not sure this years... Really answer I just don't think it would be a good... I just, I just think in, in the 50 years that Crystal's been a thing, she's had, she's been with, what, so... Human Torch, Quicksilver, Black Knight, Real Estate Man, and Ronan. Ronan you can kind of discount initially because he was a forced marriage. There's four guys in 60 years, or 50 years, or nearly 60 years. <laughs> That's... Well, she's, she's not really 60 years old. No, though. I know, but the character is 60 years old. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? It's kind of right. like, it's it's actually, when True. you think about it, that's not that bad at all. No, it's not. But that seems to be something that people, that's defined her up until recently. Yeah, maybe. It's an, in- it's an interesting question on its face, though, because... With with panacea, we have seen that there are inhumans whose neurological and psychological functioning can be altered by way of teragenesis, which is something I think is worth exploring. Yeah. Perhaps not in this particular context, because right. I mean, I don't know. Does does did Matt Murdock's own issues with uh, being a uh, uh, someone who's with a hundred thousand different women, a product of his being uh, uh, blinded by radioactive waste, or is he just like sex? Um, it's impossible. Yeah. possible. That's it. Um, it's just it, it's you, if you define define someone by their sexuality or right. their voraciousness, then you're going about it the wrong way. Really, I think it's right. You, you know, you define them by. But I just think that seems to be a point of contention with people when they talk about Crystal. Yeah, Uh, yeah, potentially, yeah. It's a point of contention with a lot of characters. I think a lot of the the female characters from the the X-Men and the Avengers and wherever um, is that they, you know, these mostly, almost exclusively male writers, um, they look at female characters as either love interests or damsels in distress. And it's only in the last... 10, 15 years where things have shifted a bit and you're seeing female characters play the role of central hero where they aren't defined by who they're exactly. with. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, we're, we're, we're set up for Royals 3 and 4 where potentially we have her a crystal once again thrown into this sort of romantic foil. Um, possibly even with a love triangle involving. I think R- it's, that Ronan just points and... the hell out of me. If now, that we, is what they. We do... don't know. All we have to go on is is a glance between yeah, uh, Novar no. and and Crystal, and um, you know, Crystal's thirty, Novar is twenty. It's not outside the realm of possibilities, but he just. I mean, maybe the white hair. She's got a thing for that. I really, I would like to see a resolution between her and Ronan because I've actually, out of all her relationships, I found that one the most interesting. Um, Ronan is not the same people. guy he was. When exactly, they which is why I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen. But if you add in something with Novar on top of it, then I get annoyed by it because then I just feel like it's shoehorned in there just for the sake of drama. And I think it's not needed. And I think that's sorry. I was about to say, I I think that's kind of where James Asmus did really well 
because oh she God, was so yeah far. because she was team she was the leader of the team whereas now she's been demoted to right you know little girl of charge yeah that's the problem you put you put her up against you put her up against Medusa and then you've got a bit of a weird one to, because you can't you can't say Medusa's not the main character of the story if it's between right. her and her sister Right. Well, older but, and younger siblings are always going to have that. that and, um... and that's where James Afnis excelled too, though, because when he, he wrote this tension between Medusa and Crystal and all new Inhumans, that was really, really fascinating. And now she just seems to once to, like, like, if you looked at all new Inhumans, you had Medusa being very... Dogmatic. Dogmatic yeah. and maybe even condescending to Crystal. Mm-hmm. And yes. now Crystal seems to be has gone back to doing whatever her sister says, and that's not Crystal. Crystal's always kind of chafed with her relationship with Medusa, especially um, after you know she kind of told Crystal that she's marrying Ronan when Crystal was standing right there, and was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll marry her off to you." And so well, that's, that's always that's always been there, and now all of a sudden it's not. And I'm very well, I, I feel like that's a story that really could be explored. We're jumping the gun because, know. you know, issue four of the Royals will most likely be very crystal heavy um, <laughs> as opposed to crystal light. Um, hey, and uh, hey, oh, so and so I think that Ewing has yet to have the opportunity to fully explore his take on what crystal looks like in, you know, and how she acts under his pencil. So um, we shall see. We shall uh, see, but no, I do not want. Did crystal you just light. get my crystal light? <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. Which is what I, I thought it was lame, but that's okay. <laughs> no, I was actually laughed at the end of the pencil bit. End of the pencil. Well, typewriter, whatever they use. No, 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 don't worry. Uh huh. Okay. Um, moving on. And but I, at the at the same time, I really like the question you were asked because you know in this modern era where we have functional MRIs and advancements in in the field of psychology and psychiatry and neurology, that the idea that teragenesis could affect psychological functioning on a on a on a on a, on a, a more profound way is is a really cool right. idea to explore because. Um, that is neat. Lockjaw's not a human. Um, and, uh, although let's, that's a good example. Um, let's pretend because we're awful that Lockjaw was originally a, a, a human or yeah, an inhuman who totally got turned into a dog. Totally wrong. Not only, not only did his body change, but, but his, it makes it, but think about that though. Imagine just, if he was, and now he's thinking like a dog because of terogenesis. Right. That, that it affected not only his body, but also his neurological functioning so that he became dog-like. Um, that's not how it happened, but it'd be interesting. I would like if it, it was, because I think that would be far more fascinating. Who, which, which is the author who said they're going to uh, broach this matter? I, I think, um, I think Mar- didn't, didn't Marvel um, directly answer this at a question evening? Yeah, they did. Okay, so Doc See? missed this. Oh. Someone went on. Someone went on um, Twitter and was like, "I'm going to be on. There's going to be a. I'm going to be on the set of the Inhumans. Shoot me questions to ask at Marvel." So me and my, I brought up the lockjaw debate all in capital letters, and they're like, <laughs> "What is this lockjaw debate?" And I explained it to them. They're like, "Oh, I have to ask that question because they thought it was really interesting." And they came back to me, 
And they said, Marvel said that Lockjaw has always been a dog. Hey. <laughs> but on it. I am not going to oh, sit on need- it because I think <laughs> Marvel needs to reevaluate it. Because I think they're saying that because it makes them feel squicky. And I think they should just go in with it and just go, you know what? Fuck it. He was a person before. And this is what Terry Genesis does to people. Mm-hmm. He was and a man I named really Dave. I really think they need to go all in on that. I don't care yeah. what you say. And I know it's kind of... And that just makes the Inhuman family ten times more messed up than they already are. <laughs> I think we really but, need, we need to address this whole, is the world flat routine as well. <laughs> he was it's the... Uh, flat. Damn it, the cat's not the world all the time. Lockjaw was the third Baltagon brother. Yeah. <laughs> L- Lockjaw was the Lindbergh baby. <laughs> he is Anastasia. Whatever. <laughs> you guys suck. But whatever. Okay, so we, I guess I we're going to have to come up with a new uh, no, issue to argue is not about. Closed. I am holding firm to this because Mr. Ahmed is making his opinions known on the matter too. And if he's going to keep the debate alive, he's going to keep the debate alive. Because this person is just saying that Marvel said that, but Marvel hasn't actually said that like in an official announcement anywhere, so I'm not holding on to it. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Okay. Lockjaw was a person. Sure. Whatever. You guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> and how does that make you feel? <laughs> yeah. Never going to do this podcast again. I'll, I'll design you so much. <laughs> Get over it. Um, I think that... Uh, uh, you know, I I I have my opinions, and um, but I I agree it would be fascinating, yeah, and yeah. and creepy and worth reading. That's, the thing that's... is, is that psychologically superheroes do get affected. Like, I mean, look at Tony Stark in the comic books; he's almost got like a, you know, he has got a superiority complex. Yeah, I think. You know, and they all have something going on. Yeah. PTSD or, or yeah. superiority, whatever you want to call them. They all have issues. Yeah, and it's kind of like it'd be. It, it actually, Carol's a control freak. <laughs> yeah. It'd be really good to actually do a study. Doc? <laughs> uh, you know, Mar- <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I got enough work as it is. Oh, okay. But uh, Marvel.com does have a feature every now and then called Psych Ward. Um, Didn't well, they do Legion not long ago? They did. Yeah. It's okay. Um, uh, the guy who writes it up is knowledgeable. Um, That's good. And it's worth checking out. Um, I think that, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I love exploring the psychology of superheroes and whatnot. It's hard because, you know, you've got these characters who are being written by many different authors, and every different author is going to take bring in something new so yeah, absolutely. um they're almost schizophrenic by product i mean because everyone, yeah um but uh i think that um what i you know what is happening um we see in the preview art for royals number three is that um black bolt and maximus's parents agon and rinda are not noble nice good parents they are going back to what we were laughing wackos um you know if i like hey let's experiment on our children which sadly is actually kind of a tradition amongst uh researchers back in the day the person who invented the polio vaccine did so by experimenting on their child um 
Charles Darwin experimented on his child, and Sigmund Freud did the same. Everything worked out terribly. Um, and uh, we got these two, and they're like, the, the inhuman sensibility of old Adelan, not the new inhumans, but the old inhumans, is completely foreign and alien and weird compared to that norms and values of Earth. And that's a good thing. Yeah. That's that's interesting. That's what makes them stand out. Yeah. Yeah. And I really think, I have no confirmation on this, but I really think that, that Charles Soule was given very direct marching orders. Make the Inhumans less weird, make them more appealing to a broader audience, make them more like the X-Men or Avengers because we want them to be a big hit to a broad audience. And although he did yeoman service, um, I think the book itself, uh, Uncanny Inhumans and Inhuman, was a bit stymied by the fact that he had to adhere to that. He couldn't really get into the the weirdness that makes the Inhumans so special. That, that program is over you know they're like yeah. all right do it have at it make them weird and i think that it's going to be great and i really can't wait to see what christopher priest does because that guy does not hold back his punches so we're gonna okay. see some we're gonna see some problematic in humans and it's gonna be awesome yeah yes uh, absolutely <clears throat> uh but well. crystal's love life notwithstanding i feel like you know I'm old, I'm I'm a little bit older than her, and I've I've had other. I mean, I'm right. a happily I'm a happily married man, but uh, before that, right? I, and we I all have with that's, people, you know. And that's, it's like that's it's not fine. that crazy. It's, it's just the problem. It's not, and she doesn't need a reason to explain that. It's just my problem is is that as I'm going back to what I said, the problem is is that that was kind of used to define her for a long time. Yes, we need her to, to break free of that and become a character in her own right. And I think it would be best for her to to be single. Yes. Um, you know, I uh, for some reason I got a question about, uh, on my, my Inhumans Tumblr, I got a Star Wars question, which I was like, why am I getting a Star Wars question? But I was nonetheless very happy to answer it because I love Star Wars. <laughs> and they asked me if I, if I ship uh, Kylo Ren and Rey, which I don't. That's creepy. Yeah, because they're probably uh, brother and sister. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> or cousins. Even then, uh, I, uh, well, no, he's a bad guy. He he's like got her strapped to a chair and is and is like in, all up in her. It's it's don't not sexy. You try it. All right, okay. <laughs> oh um, my god, whatever. No, but just no. My 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 main point was that you know Ray is the hero of the story. She does not need a romantic foil to define her. She can no, be okay. just herself, and I feel like Crystal could you know, kind of deserves the same thing. Yeah, um, you, you need to have leading ladies now. Like we, right. we, we are so far into the 21st century and it's still a it's still a thing that exists where women do get relegated to being eye candy. Sidekick or the eye candy. Yeah. And it, it, is, it is sad it's, because, I mean, it's kind of like, okay, you know, again, slightly slightly different topic, but similar sort of vein of things. At work, I've still got to do sexual harassment uh, you know awareness and it's kind of like we're in the 21st century why on earth is there still this mentality of some people that women are because objects? that's what they're taught <sighs> it's yeah it bugs me <laughs> yeah. yeah you know well it, it bugs 
you're Everyone. a lot of people. Female colleagues a lot more than you, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. I imagine so, yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> but, but yeah. anyway. Yeah, big episode this one. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. awesome. Uh, so, that said, it looks like we have uh, the comic book codes back, guys. So for real? You, yes, we do. Fantastic. So, awesome. So, so yeah, um, I do have extra codes for Secret Warriors and Black Bolt. Um, if you guys want to send a question, you can send it to us at the show at AdelanRising.com. Uh, you can also get us on Twitter at AdelanRising1. Yep. And uh, you can find Doc at Inhumans Forever if you so choose to talk to Doc. Yep. And ask him questions. We, we have. Oh. Did you say the email address as well? I did. The show okay. at AdelineRising.com. <coughs> I completely just... And, my, my brain missed it over for a second. And as you can see, if you send a, a question, we'll talk about it. Ad nauseum. <laughs> yes, yeah. we will. And go off topic on the same point. But we'll also send you a code. Yes. So. Some free comics. Talk to us, guys. We'd like to talk hear from you and uh, get questions. And um, Thank you for next listening. Time. We'll see you next time. And it'll be a good episode next time. A really good episode next time. Yeah, it will. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>